Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, one day. Then God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. God made the expanse and separated the waters which were below the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse, and it was so. God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening, and there was morning, a second day. Then God said, Let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after their kind with seed in them. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind. And God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning, a third day. Then God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He made the stars also. God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and to govern the day and the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. There was evening, and there was morning, a fourth day. Then God said, Let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves, with which waters swarmed after their kind and every winged bird after its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. There was evening and there was morning, a fifth day. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things, and beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so. God made the beasts of the earth after their kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, 
and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth and every tree which has fruit yielding seed. It shall be food for you. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the sky, and to everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Good morning. The whole chapter one of Genesis. There are a few things we can learn from this chapter. One is that clearly God created everything. God is the creator of all. Because God is the creator of all, what does that mean to us? We must acknowledge that he, since he is the creator, the only response for man is that we must worship him. Can you say worship? God is a creator of everything. I remember when I was in UP Los Banos, there has always been a debate. You would find that those who are in the discipline of physics, the professors in physics and chemists, keep saying, God created the universe. God created everything. And you have some from the biology department saying, no, it's about the theory of evolution. And the debate went on and on and on. And I was happy to listen to both. But there was a good argument that I heard uh, from this side that says the universe is so perfect. Creation was so perfect that a little mistake from creation can be devastation of the whole world. You know, if we are just a little closer to the sun, just a little closer, there would be no life. We will all burn to death. A little further from the sun and the earth would freeze. It's just too perfect. Then somebody gave the argument, have you seen a chair and a table? It's too perfect. Well, what does he mean? If there is no order to hold it together, then it would be chaos. While on the other side, the theory goes like this. Probably billions of years ago, we were just living cells. And probably after millions of years, we became little creatures in the sea. And probably after millions or billions of years, we started crawling on land. And probably after millions of years, we have grown arms and feet, and probably we became chimpanzees. And probably, again, after millions of years, we became man. The argument on the other side was, your theory is full of probabilities. That is not science. That is more like fiction, writing fiction. When you have a lot of probabilities, where science is, we create experiments. And until we prove it, then we believe it is real. Well, the argument was, with this side, is it's harder to prove that there is no God because it's too perfect. I'd like to say to you, my friends, I do believe with all my heart, God created the universe, the heavens, and the earth. Our response to that is to worship him to pray and worship. But how should we pray and worship God? I believe when you approach the creator of the universe, we must have that sense of awe and the fear of God. In fact, the fear of God is taught all over scripture, something that is rarely taught today, the fear of God. Yes, we must fear God. 
He's a God, by his word, things were created. By his command, the world was created. So our response is worship. That's why, friends, when we sing to the Lord or when we come to him in prayer, yes, we can treat him as a friend. Yes, he is our savior, yet he is also our God. So we come to him and say, our great God and Father. Yes, there is intimacy, yet we acknowledge him as the one who created everything. It means we must respect God. Fear of God is a deep respect for God. Can you say respect? Say it again, respect. So we need to respect God, our creator. Next, we would observe that God has set boundaries. Boundaries. He has separated the water from above and the water from beneath. But sometimes it overlaps. Sometimes the rain comes. But it's a good thing that uh, water remains above and those below here remain here. Can you imagine if the water beneath just goes up uh, without the evaporation, goes up violently. It's crazy. The same way we thank God that there is a boundary between the sea and the dry land. If there is no boundary between sea and dry land, there would be chaos. But sometimes we love the overlap, just the little overlap we're happy with, just a little. So we like the beach, right? Because that's the boundary of water, of the sea, and dry land. And that little overlap makes us a little happy. But too much of it is dangerous, just like the storm surge. That's why we are afraid when the boundaries are, are not respected. When sometimes nature doesn't respect boundaries, suddenly, boom, that storm surge just went over the islands. It hit Leyte, Samar, and different parts. And it was, it was a devastation. The same way when the tsunami happened and several countries were affected, uh, earthquake underneath and then the water receded and then suddenly boom the boundaries were not respected or there were too much overlap a little overlap is wonderful but too much is not one principle we can learn here is God is a God of boundaries and we must respect certain boundaries that God had created let me put that in application to our own lives yes we have boundaries you know where you live and where you live, you have boundaries. If somebody invades where you live, you are displeased. How do you feel when the neighbor's dog keeps going to your backyard? How do you feel? What about the neighbor's cat who always keeps coming and digging holes? We are offended when boundaries are not respected. That's why even within families, uh, as kids grow, and when they learn to be more responsible, work, earn their own money, you give more freedom. And you loosen up some of the boundaries. Yet, if they still live there under your roof, they eat what you provide them, and they ask you for allowance, you still give them, you just expect, you. it's right to expect that they follow your rules in the house. And those boundaries must be respected. And the same way, my friends, that... In organizations, there are boundaries. You respect one's role versus another's role. If the role of this person is to audit, respect that role. Don't hate that person because he's the auditor. That's the role that he or she must do. Even in church, we have roles here and we respect those roles. 
You cannot just do something that uh, is not your role. You have to ask permission. So, friends, we know that God has created the earth and uh, the world, and there are boundaries. We must respect these boundaries. Respect the boundaries of others, and that is God's design. And we have it in us, that sense of boundary. That sense of the boundary that this is private, and should you want to know, then you must ask for permission. So we know that God has set boundaries, and God is a God of boundaries. In the New Testament, there are things that are good and that are evil. Even in the Old Testament, he has set those boundaries. For example, it is biblical that sex should be within marriage. That is biblical. But people would say, uh, no, it's really up to you. Uh, popular media is saying... Well, TV shows does not respect those boundaries. Now, it's up to you if you don't want to respect God's boundaries. You know why? There are always consequences. You follow God's will and God's law, God's rule, and there is blessing. You go outside of it, you'll realize that it's not as fun as you think. It may be fun in the temporary, in the short term, but it hits you back. AIDS is increasing in the Philippines, by the way. Once upon a time, we were shocked at, uh, at the AIDS happening around the world, and we thought that we are not too much affected by it. But let me give you the news. I was talking to the president of a college here, and he said they were updated. The case of AIDS in Bicol region, and specifically in Naga City, is increasing. Respect the boundaries, friends. Sex should be within marriage. That is what the Bible says. Another thing we can learn that God used similarities and differentiation in his design. Similarities and differentiation. I love this. God created trees. And I thank God that not everything he created that's a plant was a tree. Can you imagine if every plant was a tree? It would be a dark world, right? The good thing, there are small plants, flowers for beautification, some for vegetables. Yung mababa lang. The small plants are different from the big trees. Yet, even though there were differentiation, there were similarities. There are vegetables that are low, and then there are fruit-bearing trees. There are similarities, yet there is still uniqueness, because not all trees are the same. And we thank God that there are different fruits that grow on trees. You see, God is a good God. He created diversity. Yes, they're all vegetables, but there's diversity in it. Yeah, there are different kinds of trees, but there is diversity in it. We are all people here, but we are all diverse. The same, yet different. Similar in some ways, overlapping in some ways, yet different in many ways. Even if you bring to me twins, even though if they look alike, they still act differently. Their, their emotions are different. One could be sanguine and uh, always happy-go-lucky. The other one could be very serious, and these could be twins. Even in the home, people are different. What we must do is appreciate the similarity and appreciate the differences. Yes, my friends, we must appreciate the differences. If they're different from you, Appreciate the difference. Why? Because if everybody's like you and everybody has the same strength as you, then what will happen to our weaknesses if nobody else supports that? 
The differences in each one is what can make us strong if we learn to unite, if we learn to complement each other, if we learn to build each other up. So family members, I know you have differences, but sometimes you just have to appreciate the differences. You must be happy that not everyone is like you. You know, some people think, some of us think, if people are like, just like you, you'll get along with them. The truth is, no. You're actually going to hate a lot of them. Why? Maguunahan kayo ng eksena. You all have the same strengths. You all want to have the same role. It is not good. That's why, friends, let us thank God for the differences. I thank God that some of us here are, are, are very creative and you, you lean on the arts. And some of us here are very systematic. What we do is don't hate each other, but learn to appreciate one another. You've got a mother who keeps reminding and a father who keeps forgetting. Isn't that great? <laughs> so <laughs> it's... It's the compliment that happens. So God has used similarities and differentiation in his design. And we must thank God for it. And number four, everything God created was good. Everything that God created was good. He was happy. In the Filipino version, he was happy with his creation. Everything that he created was good. And yes, and uh, I'd like to say that Sometimes we must just let go of the pressures of life and just go out on a walk and appreciate nature, the creation of God. When was the last time you stared at the stars? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because we live in houses that cover the stars and we seldom go out to just sit there and just gaze and say, Thank you, Lord. Being thankful of the little things, but actually it's not the little thing. The stars are big things, right? They're big balls of gas uh, that was set in place. We thank God for His creation. I thank God for the rain. Of course, in Manila, people curse the rain. Uh, but we who have farms, we always pray for rain. We say, Lord, give us the rain. Those of us who plant cacao, we pray for the rain. Lord, we need to plant. We need the rain. Because if you just water it, you know, with buckets of water, it's not enough. Because the rain really goes down and dampens the soil. Everything that God created was good. Can you say God is good? Can you say it again? God is good. My friends, let this be your expression. Even when you, you, you're almost angry, remind yourself, God is good. He's in control. God is good. God is good. Why? Because the heavier you feel, the more sick you will become. Huh? The more angry you are, the more sick you will be. If you don't feel it now, wait for the future. It's going to come. And you are actually killing yourself. Trusting God. God, if you created the universe, you can take care of my problem, right? I have faith in you, Lord. I trust in you. My life may not be perfect, but still, you are my God, and I trust in you. Yes, because our God is a big God. God created man in his image. Can we flash verses 26 and 27? And this is my last point to you. 
Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Take note, he said, let us make man. That's why the belief in one God, yet three. Three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Because he said, let us make man into our image and our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the cattle, and over all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. First, let me point out that God created man and woman in his image. In his image, he created male and female. They're both in the image of God, male and female. The image of God is not the physical being. It's the soul. In the image of God. Uh, please take note, there are similarities, but there are clear differentiations, right? The calamansi tree is not a cacao tree. Do not make chocolates out of calamansi. It doesn't work that way. So, he created male and female and nothing in between. Are we clear? Are we clear? Male and female. Are you sure about yourself? Yes. Male and female, he created in his image. We appreciate some overlaps without too much overlaps. Like before, women don't wear pants. Now, these days, women wear pants, and we accept that. We expect that, you know, she still walks like a lady, though she wears a pants. She's a lady. Okay? And a little overlap is fine. Too much is not good. We were created in his image. So let me get to my point. And he said, let them rule everything. You see, when God said, let us create man in our image, it was in the context of creation. He created the world. And in that context, he said, let us make man in our image. One was to rule, take dominion. To rule also means to take care, take note. If you want to rule the earth, you take care of the earth. That's why I believe, my friends, as believers, true believers who believe in the Bible, we must take care of our environment. If you can plant a tree, please plant a tree. And if you have to plant a tree, plant cacao trees, okay? Because I can buy it. Uh, we have to take care of the environment. We have to take care of God's creation. In that context, we have to rule, meaning to take care. But we were also created in the image of God. That image of God comes the creative power. Can you say creative power? Creative. Say it again. Creative power. creative power. When God created man, he made us different from everybody else. He allowed us to innovate, to think. That's why today we can build buildings. We can design skyscrapers. We can make cell phones. That is what man can do today. I haven't seen a chimpanzee design a building. Please. He made us different. He gave us a mind that can connect the dots, that can be creative, a soul like his. Part of the image was given to us. That's why we have the ability to create if we want to. And everything that man has created came from those that God created. Yeah, like the table at home. If you have a wonderful table, it, it, how, man made that table, yes, but it came from the things that God created. Man was able to make cell phones, but the minerals made from that came from things that God created on this earth. We have the creative power of God. So I say to you, my friends, do not look down on yourself. The truth is you can achieve many things if you want to because in you is that creative power. The only problem is if you don't tap into it, if you do not unleash that creative power of God. 
Do you know that if you have problems, come to God in prayer and say, Lord, give me wisdom. Allow me. Give me wisdom. And He will give you wisdom because in you is the image of God. And you will find solutions to your problems. Man has always found solutions. Even though man has messed up so much, man has found a lot of solutions. If you have problems even in your family, in your relationships, God can give you wisdom. You have that image of God within. So this is my advice to you. Think of the impossible. Dream about the impossible. Set a goal so high that it's so impossible for you. So impossible. Why? Because if it's a, if it's a possible goal, it's, if you follow what the corporate is teaching you, use smart goals. Specific, measurable, attainable. No, no, no. Forget about that right now. Forgive me. I also teach that. But every now and then, I scrap it all and say, look for an impossible goal. And then trust God. And then from within you, search for solutions. Because in you is the image of God. If you are willing to learn, if you're willing to dig in, nothing is impossible. I talk to you a lot about cacao, even on the personal level. Yes, I am crazy for cacao. Forgive me. Do you love chocolates? I mean, the whole world wants chocolates, but it only grows, cacao only grows near the equator. Can you imagine that? And now China is opening up to chocolates. And India, that's two billion people combined. And the production of cacao just went down in Ivory Coast, in Ghana, and everything else. So when I got into it a few years ago, I said, Lord, I have nothing except faith. So let me set an impossible goal. One million trees directly or indirectly. What does that mean? Directly, I directly plant one million trees, or I ask people to plant. So it's a total of one million trees. Before it was an impossible thing, it was truly an impossible thing. In fact, whenever I sit down and start planning, I just throw away the plan because it doesn't fit until I kept sowing seeds and sowing seeds. That's a biblical principle. Sowing seeds, sowing seeds of vision and thought to others until I was led to one after the other. Until I met somebody who says, uh, I already planted 300,000 trees. I want to plant 600,000 plus more to reach 1 million, 700,000 to be total, to reach 1 million. I said, wow, because I, I got this contract to buy 1 million, you know, 1,000 metric tons, minimum, 1,000 metric tons minimum. And I said, okay, where will I find it? It's a good thing I've given a lot of leeway until I met this person who says, we're planting a lot. And then I met another person who said, I already did that when I was mayor before. Now that I'm mayor again, I can plant 1 million trees. That's 2 million. And I was sitting beside a governor one time and he said, Ed, cacao. I said, Gov, what's your plan? How big? I said, is 5,000 hectares good enough? So I responded, that's a good start, Governor. Let's begin. That's around 4 million. And somebody got wind of it somewhere in Negros and saying, we're challenging our local officials. Can you come here and sign a contract with us? You see, it's now over and beyond. And that's what scripture also says. God is able to do exceedingly beyond what we ask or think. My challenge for you, my friends, my fellow man who is created in the image of God, 
set a lofty goal that benefits mankind, something that benefits the environment and mankind, and pray for it and set your heart to it. And you will see the Lord's work in your life, maybe not immediately, but wait. Keep waiting. Keep being faithful. It shall be unfolded in your life. Let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you. You've created the world, and you have created us in your image. We appreciate your creation, Lord. Thank you. We thank you for dividing the sea and the land, for giving us water in season, different seasons. Thank you for giving us the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and the things that crawl on the earth. We thank you, Lord, for giving us the stars, the planets. You are God, our creator. And we thank you for creating us in your image. In the image of God, you have created us. Assure us, Lord, in our hearts that nothing is impossible with you. Even though for man many things are impossible, but once we unleash your image in us on this earth, in your name, we know that we can accomplish many great things for your glory and for your kingdom. I pray for your people, Lord. Make our lives mean something. Make our lives to be useful for your glory, for your kingdom, for the earth, and for the people of the earth. May your creative power be unleashed in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.